This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. Pastor Michael, here's our question for us today. How do believers deal with confrontation of sin? You know, when you're confronted with your sin, how do you respond? How should we respond? Do I? Should I? Should we? Um, I'll just, let me talk for myself for a moment. So I have been um, very disappointed in a number of circumstances where I, I, I really believe I, I have kindly said, hey, could we talk about something I see in your life? I just mm-hmm. love you and want to just process with you. And and um, the amount of times that people are defensive, I've watched other people mm. uh, confront somebody and uh, really in kindness and the amount of defensiveness that comes up, just disappointing. And, and I understand why there is a, a, a culture of fear around confrontation mm-hmm. because I, I'm not going to put a percentage to it, but it's a lot. It's enough that makes sure. me antsy in the pantsy to go confront somebody, you know? Right. And um, so I, that's just a real thing. So for, for me, I've been so disappointed that when someone's going to confront me, um, I try to um, be as responsive and humble as I possibly can. There are there are moments where, and I'll tell you for me, where this gets really challenging. Mm. There, there are people who want to confront me as a pastor, and I don't know where this comes from. I just, you know, but they believe I have to just take it, mm. yes. right? You are yes. this, you are that. And as a pastor, apparently the rule is if I question it or challenge it, I'm not allowed to do that. Right. So I've actually found myself in a couple of circumstances where where people are they're not even asking. They're just telling me mm-hmm. I am. And right. they'll bring up a circumstance and I'll say, Can I well can I tell you what was going through my head? And they're like, wow, that kind of changes the way mm-hmm. I see that. And I'm like, it's not that I didn't sin or I'm perfect or anything of the sorts, you know, but like there's usually more to the story. But I I found myself in the hardest circumstances at Village Church when people want me to just bend the knee and say, yep, I'm the pastor. Got to say sorry. Mm. Got to take it. You can say whatever you want to me, but I'm not allowed to say anything right. to you. You know that old thing where like the, the, the church can yell at the pastor um, but the pastor's not allowed to defend himself or right. to say that's sin. Stop right. it. So like there is that like spirit that is not frequent, but when that happens, um, I find myself very resistant to mm-hmm. it, and uh, mm-hmm. I've called it out a number of times. And 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 at, at the end of the day, uh, people don't always know how to take that because they went in thinking I should just be able to take what they're going to dish. And usually when you're confronted in that way, it, it takes a little perception, but you can see what is really at the heart of yep. this confrontation. Yep. Is this restoration? Is this helpful? Yep. Or is this really hurtful and criticizing? Yep. And and, and, and those make yes, a big difference. Yes. You hit it on the head. And I what I found is that I don't respond well because they're accusing me of yes. a perception mm-hmm. rather than asking me what's going on. Right. And and for me, I I appreciate that so much that I want to give that away. The best, most safe times people have confronted me personally has been when they've asked me, hey, here's what I saw. 
Um, how did you understand this? How mm-hmm. did you experience this? Now, right. I also don't want to create a world where, well, unless you say it to me in the right way, I'm not going to respond <laughs> correctly. Because, you know, like I don't want to create that world either. Right. But I do find myself, and I think it's a human condition, when people are accused without asked, right. um, that it, it puts you in an immediately defensive posture. So that being said, how do we confront people? Um, I want to give uh, uh, four different just categories here. Number one. With both grace and truth. Because mm-hmm. um, those, those two have to be simultaneously together. Absolutely. Grace and truth, not grace or truth. Both of them together, equal. Together. So grace does not accuse. Okay, mm-hmm. And I, I really believe that grace tells like it is mm-hmm. when it has all the facts. That becomes truth. Um, grace is patient. Mm-hmm. Grace asks questions. Grace seeks reconciliation, right? And, and truth seeks the same thing, but but grace does it with an attitude of humility, right. right? I think that's so important. And so here's the question. When when you confront somebody, um, will they say you were gracious with them mm-hmm. in the way you told them right. and the way you responded? Uh, that should be huge. Now, you also need to be able to be truthful and to say, um, okay, I I heard what you said. You you are aware that that is sin, mm-hmm. right? I don't want to mince words. Like that right. is not. We need to really begin a path of repentance now. You know, right. like so. It's a gracious approach with truth uh, the whole way. Some of us default towards one or the other. Mm-hmm. If you're an all truth person, you're probably a jerk, and if you're an all grace <laughs> person, you're probably a wimp. So um, it really takes incredible strength to hold these things in, in tension. Um, but I I think the linchpin strategy to being gracious is to ask before you accuse. Yeah, that come at, to me is Come at it, at it in a humble heart. Yes, love believes all things, mm-hmm. which means benefit of the doubt. Even if you saw it happen, always ask. Right. Always ask. And uh, there was a circumstance recently where I thought to myself, there is only one outcome for why this happened. Mm. I looked at it. I went through my brain. I got angry because it was a violation of a relationship on a very personal level. It was out of boundaries. It was not okay. And I, and I mean, I was mad. I was like the, this took guts Mm -hmm. to do what this person did. I went through my brain and, and I was like, there's no other plausible explanation. And then when we confronted the situation, I was like, Oh, Mm -hmm. I get it. I'm sorry. And I spent all this energy <laughs> mm-hmm. angry, legitimately, like righteously Righteous angry, angry, not like some yeah. like whatever. Like, no, you, this was a violation. Yeah. And uh, when I heard the story and the story was verifiable, that's yeah. the thing. It wasn't like just a, like, I got to just take their word for it. It was a verifiable mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a huge lesson to me, even when it looks like there's only one plausible reason for why it happened, always give the benefit of the doubt. That's right. Uh, and I, I have been bit by that, by not giving the benefit of the doubt quite me a few too. times. So yeah, I yes. got to gotta work on that. So number one is grace and truth. Number two is with self-reflection. This is the spec log dichotomy, okay? Mm. When you go and you point out someone's spec, and you have a log, right. it's really unnecessarily difficult for mm-hmm. the person to receive it. And uh, I, this isn't easy because even if you do have a log and you're working on the log, you still got to address the spec. Right. But man, if you do that with any arrogance, any condemnation, right. any level of shaming, like they'll never respond oh, no, to no, it. No, no, We're no. wired to resist hypocrisy mm-hmm. in profound ways. And I may agree with what you're saying, but you know what? I'm not going to take it from you because you're a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. Now, That's right. personally, I don't want to succumb to that. 
um, I have been confronted by people <laughs> of doing things that they are so guilty of. It is mm. crazy. Like on a scale yeah. of like 10, they're like a seven and they're accusing me of a one. And I'm sitting there the whole time thinking, oh, like, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Their log does not negate my spec. Right. And my spec stands on its own. I need to be holy and I will seek to get out any splinter in my body mm-hmm. that I possibly can, even if it's pointed out by a tree. Right. <laughs> um, and so that's that's hard, you know, but like um, if you want the person to receive the confirmation, confrontation, you, you have to have an incredible spirit of humility and self-awareness right. in that. Mm-hmm. Number three, within the right context, this is huge. If you confront someone in a large group with a one-on-one sin issue, you're not, not smart. Not a good place to do that. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. And this happens in families. Like, you know, a mom and a son or a mom and a daughter or dad and whatever, you know, they're at the dinner table and it's like, you never blew, you know, they just explode. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Understand the emotions, wrong place, wrong time, right. you know? And um, I have a high value of when we are on a team together, we own things as a team. That's right. If you and me are working together and there's another two or three people, now that team needs to know that they're a team. The team needs That's to right. be identified with roles and responsibilities mm-hmm. and a common mission. Like it's got to be a real team. That's right? right. Teams own their sin corporately, collectively. Yes. And I think that's a very valuable thing, but the team culture has to permit that. So mm-hmm. if I see Tim, you and me are on a team with Bethany. And if I see something in you that's affecting into part of the team in this mission, mm-hmm. I feel comfortable saying it in front of Bethany. And you should call it out in front of Bethany because, because it's, it's affecting just, her. Totally. It's not just you and me. It's all of us. And that's vice right. versa. You could say, hey, Michael, I hear what you're saying on that, but you know that's not right. This is not a good attitude to have. Mm-hmm. Your attitude is negatively affecting you know the team. So right. got that. Teams... As long as the culture is built upon that foundation of, of that kind of transparency and authenticity, mm-hmm. a team is a good place to con- confront somebody um, in a group. Almost every circumstance, though, it's one-on-one. one-on-one. Not via texting. No. Not via email. No, not no, no. using emoticons. No. Not via Snapchat. Mm-mm. Not on Twitter. Not on Facebook. <laughs> not on public Facebook. Uh, 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 another one. Uh, <laughs> um, face to face. Face to face. If they're across the country, then maybe you pick up the phone. Yeah. Okay? If pick up the phone. Do, yeah. yeah. Do Skype or something. Something. FaceTime is great. Yeah. You know, like FaceTime. if you can't really be, look them in the eyes. Yeah. Because it's not just the tone of your voice, it's your body posture. Mm-hmm. Confronting sin, there's just a natural defensiveness. Sin wants to protect itself at all costs. Right. And you got to know that. Like there's the will inside of this person, and then there's sin, and the two are competing. Mm-hmm. Sin wants to protect, and, and, and the will, the person, the benefit of the doubt says, I know that you don't want sin to win, but sometimes in those confrontations, you know, you, we give sin unnecessary That's right. strength by doing dumb things. And so uh, individuals alone, face to face, ideally, uh, and then the more severe the sin, you can use your own discernment on how quickly it needs to be uh, addressed. But number four is within biblical parameters. This is the this is the part that's really important. And uh, I want to just encourage our listeners, maybe you've heard this a hundred times and maybe you've never heard it. Matthew 18 on, on um, con- confrontation of sin. We're just going to walk through it and then we'll be done. And I think this will really help people think about mm-hmm. here's the order. Jesus is very smart. He knew this would come up, so he told us how to do it. And basically this principle is talk with the person rather than about the person. Preach, brother. Gossip kills confrontation, God willing heals. 
if your brother sins against you, and it could be against anybody, I would, this, this applies even more broadly. If you mm-hmm. see them in sin, go and tell him his fault. Between you and him, what's the word? Alone. Alone. It's like Jesus is like, I want to make sure you understand this isn't public. Mm-hmm. If he listens to you, you've gained your brother. Like, Amen. Great. Okay, you know what? You know, you're right. I have been pretty cutting lately. Mm-hmm. You know, you're right. I have I have really joked at the expense of somebody else recently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? I yeah. have I've actually been more critical than encouraging. And everybody does better when they're encouraged. You know, so right. keeps going. Mm-hmm. Okay, but if he doesn't listen to you, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. So you go to the person, and if they don't respond, you take one or two other people. That way, it's not just your word against their word, right? right? And also, these two or three witnesses may be able to help mediate something right there, and then maybe the problem is in the accuser, not in the accused. Mm -hmm. Been there, done that, you know? Um, If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. So this is valuable. Like in an American church, this is a little bit different. Okay. Mm -hmm. So American church, because we have so many spectators on a Sunday morning and I use that (laughs) word legitimately and I, we welcome the spectators. Like like before you can become a Christian, you need to be able to watch from a distance. So like the spectators have a God ordained role. It's good. Mm -hmm. But we in the American church have structured in such a way that a Sunday morning is typically not the most ideal place to do that. We have members, we have members meetings. And so we go to the church and we tell the church when somebody is refusing to repent, I want you to hear this, of a measurable sin. Yes. Um, And this sin should be measurable by two or three Mm -hmm. witnesses. Yes. And if he refuses even to listen to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector, meaning they didn't associate with them. They, they were not supposed to like treat them like they're the scum of the earth. It was just they shunned them. You know, we're 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 yeah. we're not at peace right now. Right. Like you were, this you is not okay. Distance. You're at a distance. It doesn't mean you like call them names. Right. You know, it just means like this thing is our relationship is on pause. Um, you're not like like. We're not open right now, mm-hmm. right? So closed for friendship. <laughs> yeah, and, and we've had circumstances in our church um, where people have refused to repent. Mm. And um, it is it is so gut-wrenching. And uh, we, our church, as we've gone through these processes, um, have been so patient with us. And um, actually, we the, these people who are, who are formerly part of our church, they're around. And, uh, I, you know, I do not think any of them could say we have been unnecessarily mean or mm. vicious. In fact, we go out of our way to tell the church, like, when you see them, be kind. Yeah. Be kind. You don't need to – there's no no need for meanness whatsoever. Um, they are still valuable to God, and we pray for them, and we That's encourage right. them. And, uh, you know, if you're part of, like, some secular club and you, like – think every behavior is totally permissible. The church is, is not one of those clubs, mm-hmm. right? The church is a group of people on mission who are dedicated and devoted to, to Christ's mission. That's so true. And, and yeah. being more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to resist the fundamental aspect of being a Christian, which is following Jesus, being like him, being a disciple, well, this isn't the best place for you to be in. Like the church is not right. good for you, you know? And so uh, we're not like other clubs. We do expect... Because Jesus said so, that if you're living in sin, you will confess that and you will seek to change it. Mm-hmm. Although it doesn't mean you'll be perfect. It just means that you're confessing right. and you're pursuing to be somebody different. 
Thank you, listeners, for joining us today. Please do us three favors. Submit a question to our podcast by going to our church website, vcob.org, and click on that link that says Q&A podcast question. Be sure to share it as our number two request. And number three, go to the iTunes store and rate and review this podcast for us. Please give us five stars. Five stars. Join us next time when we answer the question, should I fast during Lent?